Hearing God speak. Hebrews 12, 18 through 25. Unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. All that volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak. The ear-splitting words and the soul-shaking message terrified them, and they begged him to stop. When they heard the words, if an animal touches the mountain, it's as good as dead, they were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. No, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by throngs of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is the city where God is judged, where judgments that make us just. They've come to Jesus. You've come to Jesus who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He's the mediator of this covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance, became a proclamation of grace. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. The experience of hearing God. Is that experience loud? And terrifying? Or is it soft, a whisper, and, and something that's beyond peaceful, comforting, encouraging? Is the experience of hearing God something that immobilizes us with fear? Or is hearing God an experience that motivates us to step forward? Is the experience of hearing God a message of death and condemnation if anything so much as touches? Or is it a message of life and salvation? Well, it depends. Where do you go for that experience of hearing God? Which mountain do we go to? Do we go to Mount Sinai or do we go to Mount Zion? If we choose Mount Sinai, we'll be like our ancestors. Our ancestors as they wandered through the wilderness, as they approached the promised land, the Exodus story. They left Egypt following Moses. They got to Mount Sinai. There's where the Ten Commandments were given. That's where the Old Testament, the, the Old Covenant was given. And that experience was this volcanic blaze, this terrifying voice of God, where the people, our ancestors said, Whoa, Moses, we can't stand that. We don't want to experience hearing God's voice. You go visit with God, you come back and you tell us what He has to say. We can't take it. Mount Sinai, it's a physical mountain. It was a place 
I mean, the Bible describes it at this time, a place of flaming fire, of darkness, of gloom, of whirlwind. And they heard this awesome trumpet blast. You know, we might, wow, that, I bet that was really cool, an awesome trumpet blast. That's not all they heard. They heard a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Your voice at Mount Sinai is, is ear-splitting. It's loud and it terrifies us. Even with, this is the response. They staggered back. It moved them back from God. And Moses even said, I am terrified and I'm trembling from that experience of hearing God. Is this the experience we want? Do we want a Mount Sinai experience of hearing the voice of God? Is this what we want? Do we want to be terrified by God? Do we want to invite others to go hear from God and just kind of report because we can't take it? Is that what we want for ourselves? Is that what we want for others? I'd like to remind you, our ancestors heard is literally that in this letter to the Hebrews. The writer is writing to Jews, Israelis. He's saying, your Israeli ancestors heard God in this way. But that is not your experience. As Jews that are now following Jesus, that's not your experience. So do we want Israelis today to have a Mount Sinai experience or a Mount Zion experience? What do we want? No, we've come to Mount Zion. It's not a physical mountain. Read the Word. It's the city of the living God. It's the heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly Jerusalem. And there is a joyful gathering of angels and saints and God Himself. We come to Mount Zion because Jesus is there. And He is the mediator of the New Testament, which completes the Old Testament so we don't have to go back to Mount Zion. Nobody on planet Earth has to go back to Mount Sinai. (laughs) None of us has to be terrified by God. None of us has to say, God, stop. Don't, Don't do that. We'll send... They can come back and tell us what you know. No one has to settle for that anymore because there's Mount Zion. There's Jesus, the mediator of a New Testament. And it's so staggering because 
The blood that Jesus shed, again, is contrasted with the blood that Abel shed. The blood that Abel shed was a blood that soaked into the ground and cried for vengeance. You must revenge my death. You must kill somebody else as vengeance for my death. What's going on in the Middle East? The blood of Abel, not the blood of Jesus. Hearing God at Mount Sinai, not Mount Zion. Being filled with this desire for revenge, vengeance, bloodshed, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's Mount Sinai. That's not Mount Zion. Because the blood of Jesus is blood that also sprinkled the ground, but it speaks of forgiveness. I died that you may live. I died that all men may live. I died forgiving you so that you can forgive those, even those that would kill you. I died for your enemies. The blood of Jesus. That is Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is not something that we're waiting for totally. The fullest experience of being with God in Mount Zion awaits us. That is true. But this covenant with Jesus, based upon His shed blood, has begun today. It began on the day that He inaugurated it when He had the Last Supper. This is the cup of the new covenant, which I now enact. And I'm going to fulfill it when I shed my blood. It's begun. So hearing God at Mount Zion is an experience that you and I can have today. And it's just going to get better and better and better until we're actually literally with Him, listening to Him. God is in the midst of His people and we find our fulfillment with Him. Mount Zion. Not on this earth. at this time. He'll bring the city here when he returns, but it's not on the earth now. We want to hear the voice of God, but where do we go to hear that voice? Do we go back to Mount Sinai? Do we go back to the thunder and the lightning and the terror? Do we go back 
to hear the echoes of the blood of Abel saying, revenge me, revenge me, kill, hate, do it, revenge. Is that where we go? Where do we go to Mount Zion? Where there's joy. <laughs> there's festivity. There's life. There's promise. There's hope. There's forgiveness. There's grace. Where do we go to experience the voice of God? And where do we direct others to hear that voice? Here's some suggestions I'd like to make. We need to listen to ourselves. Because the truth is, we're going to speak what we hear. And do the words that come out of our mouth as we talk about our relationship with God, are they words that reflect time spent at Mount Sinai? Or time spent at Mount Zion? We talked a few weeks ago about the rapture that didn't come. Hopefully for most of us, that was no surprise. Because hopefully most of us are reading the Bible. And hopefully most of us see that Jesus said no one knows the time or the day. So any prediction, any prediction of the day of the rapture is not going to happen going to happen on a day when it's least expected. It's going to happen, but no one knows when it's going to happen. It could happen today. Could be, it could happen before we're done today, right now. But no one knows. And along with that prediction of the rapture came the prediction of the judgment of the world. God is mad at you. God's had his fill of sin on the earth. And if you go to that website and you read about it, it's God's mad particularly about one sin. And that message delivered with judgment, with condemnation. God's going to end the world on October the 21st. Where did that message come from? Mount Sinai or Mount Zion? I'll stick my neck out there. I think the fellow spends time at Mount Sinai. It's not Mount Zion. That is not a Mount Zion message at all. My friends, God is not mad at the human race. He did not go to all the trouble of sending Jesus to save the human race to condemn the human race, go back and read John 3, 16, 17, and 18. Today is a day of God's favor. What that means in the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy is this is a day of salvation. This is not a day of judgment. The judgment of God fell upon Jesus on the cross that opened up an age of grace so that everybody on planet earth could respond to the grace and the love of God and be saved. 
This is a day of salvation. This is not a day of judgment. There is no catastrophe that has hit our nation or the planet since the cross and the return of Jesus. That's the judgment of God. That does not track with people that spend time with God at Mount Zion. If you spend time at Mount Sinai, yes, everything that's bad that happens in our life is the judgment of God. God is mad. God's punishing me. God's punishing you. Get your act together. God will bless you then. Baloney. That's the past. It's over. It's done with. There's something better. And my friends, you and I are Mount Sinai people. Zion. Man, I can't get it straight. No wonder we're confused. Lord, help me. We're new covenant people. We're not old covenant people. New covenant. A better covenant. For everybody. Not just us Gentiles, but for Jews too. For all of mankind. Not for one nation, for every nation. Lead me to a rock. It's higher than I. That is not Mount Sinai. That is Mount Zion. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. It's higher than my particular persuasion. It's higher than my nation. It's higher than my race. It's higher than my gender. Lead me to a rock that's higher. God's raising us up to something better, not knocking us down, not beating us up. Our words will reflect where we spend time listening to God. Listen to ourselves. And may I I be so bold to say, let's start correcting ourselves. You know, if I start going off and taking us back, to Mount Sinai, would you please give me a phone call, say, let's go have a cup of coffee, and would you just kind of sit me down and say, you know, you just kind of like took me backwards in my pilgrimage towards eternity and asked me to once again be terrified of God. You just invited me to come under the condemnation of God where I've been set free from the condemnation of God. So we got to help each other become new covenant people because we just have a tendency of falling back again and again and again and again to Mount Sinai. That's not where we are. May I encourage us, let's seek to hear God. Find a quiet place this week. Find a quiet hour. For some of us, that's early. For some of us, that's midday. For some of us, that's really late at night. Wherever, wherever it is, whatever the hour is, ask Jesus to speak to you. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. 
Record that experience. See, I want you to put me to the test. When you're sitting there asking Jesus to speak to you, are you terrified, paralyzed, immobilized by what Jesus is saying to you in that experience? Or are you encouraged? Does he call you to a better self? Does he, does he mobilize you, push you, empower you forward? Yeah, there may be some correction in that, but does it terrify us? No. So, let's put it to the test. Seek to hear him. Ask him to speak to you. And then finally, we have got to direct others to the right mountain. We've got to encourage everybody on the planet to the right mountain. A couple of weeks ago, uh, at the end of Loaves and Fishes, Susan and I hung around because uh, Alyssa and friend had car trouble. And a tow truck showed up. And this tow truck driver got out and just all the, all the, all the, it was all kind of happening and I, it's too long of a story to tell you all that happened. But I could tell this was, a, this was a guy I wanted to get to know. And so when he said, hey, would you like to, uh, anybody want to ride in the cab of my tow truck? Well, you know, one, I'm a guy, I like trucks and it was a really kind of cool truck. But I was intrigued by this guy, so I got into the truck. And I got into the truck to the tunes of Arabic music. Because Ray was not really Ray, and Ray, though his skin was dark and his hair was dark and his eyes were dark, he was not Hispanic. He was Palestino. He was a Palestinian tow truck driver in San Antonio. I just happened to be interested in Palestinians. I'm running the fruitcakes on the planet. I like Palestinians. And I wanted to have a conversation with him. And in that conversation, I you know, got to, well, are you a Christian Palestinian or are you a Muslim? Well, I'm a Muslim. I'm a good Muslim. I pray five times a day. I have one bad habit. I smoke. Okay. <laughs> I want my friend Ramadan to leave Mount Sinai at some point and travel to Mount Zion. You see, he told me very quickly when he, when he asked, well, what do you do? Well, I, I'm a pastor. You're, no, wait a minute. I thought I met your wife. Yes, you met my wife. Well, I don't think, pastors aren't supposed to have wives. So I explained to him the difference between, well, yeah, that's, you know, some of us don't and some of us do. And there's confusion on both sides. We understand that, don't we? That's why God gets us together in a tow truck. <laughs> so we can start talking to each other and asking each other questions. When I told him that I was really thrilled to meet him because he was Palestinian, he was a Muslim, and I really wanted a Muslim friend because I'm really tired of others telling me what Muslims believe, and I don't really have a Muslim friend. He stuck out his, stuck out his hand and said, I will be glad to be your Palestinian Muslim friend. I said, okay. Part of that is he's a good cook, and I'm a great eater, and, and I like Arabic food. It went way beyond that, though. But I listened to him, 
I, I know he's at Mount Sinai. I know that's where his faith keeps him. As we make trips to, to Israel and the Palestinian territories, I, I know the faith of our friends in Israel is at Mount Sinai. It's not at Zion. And as a follower of Jesus, somebody that loves Jesus and somebody that's loved by Jesus and somebody that I, I believe he loves people, whether they are Israeli or whether they're Palestinian, whether they're Muslim, whether they're a Jew, he loves them. And he wants all of us to get to the right mountain, to have the right experience of hearing God. And my friends, it's you and me that are supposed to be having the new experience of hearing God. And we're, we're to be the people, the bearers of the good news to the Jew and to the Muslim and to the ends of the earth. Is our experience of hearing God the Mount Zion experience? Because that's what the Bible says it is. I don't want to go back and join the Jew and the Arab, the Muslim, at Mount Sinai. I, I don't want to do that. I want to invite them to come with me to a different mountain. Don't you? Isn't that our purpose? Isn't that why we're on the planet? <laughs> not to get involved in the squabble. It's to show the way out. We need to direct others away from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. Pray God that I get that opportunity with Ramadan. That's my friend, Ramadan. Born in the month of Ramadan. Would you like to stand with me? Jesus, I thank you that in this passage, you so clearly say, no, that's not your experience at all. Or the experience of our forefathers in the faith was to come to Mount Sinai, to be terrified, to be immobilized by your voice, to ask that Moses would then become the representative, that Moses would hear and he would proclaim, that he would be the prophet and others would just listen to Moses as Moses delivered what you said to him. Lord, I thank you that that was, I thank you that he was faithful in that. I thank you that he did deliver your word to your people, our ancestors in the faith. But yet, oh Lord, in that experience, the only person 
whose face was transfixed, whose face took on a new aura was Moses. Moses became the friend of God, but a distance grew between your people and you. I want to thank you, Father, that that distance between your people listening personally to your voice has grieved you. And I thank you that you've closed the gap. I thank you that you looked at the old covenant and said, it is incomplete without people being personally related to me, people who love to hear my voice, people who long to be with me, who don't run away from me. Thank you that you made a change in history and that today there's a new mountain to go to. And thank you that you're inviting all of us to spend time with you in anticipation for the coming of a new heaven and a new earth. But it's already begun. Thank you that we have access today to Mount Zion. We can hear the joyous sounds. We can hear the judgments of God that don't condemn but declare that we're just because of Jesus Christ. Lord, we can see the effects of the blood shed by Jesus that promotes forgiveness and grace rather than revenge and violence. Oh God, thank you that you and you alone have brought us to a new mountain. Lord, as we go into this week, help us to sort out, to separate out the past from the present and the future. Lord, I pray, I pray for all of us and then just even broaden out, Lord, in, the, in whatever sense I can pray for your people, the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, may we stop going back to Mount Sinai. Lord, may we stop directing people back to Mount Sinai. May we stop telling people it's okay to be encamped at Mount Sinai when there is so much more for people on this planet. Oh God, begin to break our heart for those that labor under the condemnation of God when what what's available is the grace of God. Lord, just break our heart for those people that are locked into blood feuds, that want vengeance for spilled blood. Lord, save the Israelis, save the Muslim, Lord, from eye for eye, tooth for tooth. There is a new day. There is a new mountain. Lord, help Lord, let us be people that represent the, the right mountain. And I pray that this week, each of us would have the Mount Zion experience of hearing your voice. And I pray, Lord, in hearing your voice, that we would just have longings to invite others to hear that voice too. Lord, I pray for my new friend. I pray, Lord, for the opportunity to walk with him away from Mount Sinai. 
to Mount Zion. And I pray that you would give each of us a friend like that. Finally, Jesus, be an active mediator for us. Remind us again and again and again of the new covenant that you've given us. Remind us again and again and again to not turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. Do not let us go back, Lord. Do not let us fall from grace. The grace of the new covenant. Back into the bondage of the old covenant. Call us forward, Lord. Empower us now. In your name, Jesus.